Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Doing. So we're, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties tonight. We were actually trying to record. We recorded um, a podcast that will be coming out, a 10-minute podcast at Elixir Spirits. I had the recorder with a bunch of different settings, and now it's not going back to the way it should. So we are on the mics like we would be on a handheld mic. We don't have our nice mics working. I put in a call to the IT guy, but he's just rubbing his head and looking kind of sweaty and confused. That That's normal. Yeah. But for those of you that think our audio might sound a little different this week, it does. We're sorry. I will do my best to fix it in post. That being said, Zeke, we're hitting something tonight that we're actually, it's a throwback to our first episode. And we haven't talked about it, but we've actually been around the podcast. I mean, although you and I have been doing stuff together for a few years now with our Instagram videos and the blog, but this is over a year now that we've had podcasts. Oh, really? Really. Time flies by. It does fly by. When, when you're chasing have... kids or having fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say when you're having kids. <laughs> One of the others bound to happen. But we, we there's plenty of stuff for us to talk about later on that. The only thing we want to say is a big thanks to all of you for listening, supporting, doing all you do, joining our Facebook group, commenting on our posts, commenting on our, our podcasts. We are so appreciative of the community and the bourbon community that's out there. You know, hell, I thought all y'all were going to do was troll us all the time. And it's just me. Yeah, it's just Zeke. Zeke's the only one that really trolls me all the time. But (laughs) I am very, very appreciative. I know Zeke is very, very appreciative of every single one of you. So we just want to take a second and say thank you. No, I mean, so many quality people out there and... Great friends, great experiences have been had. I'm sure many more will be in the upcoming future. But yeah, it's an amazing outlet hobby and uh, just fun time in general. And we're about a month late for saying this, but you know it is over a year now. But we're going to do a throwback episode to Peerless Rye, which was the first whiskey that we ever reviewed on the show. And oh, it's really? kind of funny that the first whiskey we ever reviewed on Dad's Drinking Bourbon was a rye. I think it's funny you even know that was the first one. Of course. I I mean, of course. That's something I would definitely know. Eh, okay. We did two episodes actually dedicated to Peerless Rye. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. We did one where Blake and Josh came over after, and then we did a whole blind of Peerless against the Barrel Rye, against the Whistle Pig LDI Rye. Oh. And the Thomas Handy. I bet it didn't do too good that second one. Yeah, well, we'll have to talk about it. I mean, I, I remember it. Um, I don't. Well, you know, that's why... Say I don't again. I don't. Well, well I guess that's why I get paid the no bucks. <laughs> it's equally as bad when you get messaged like, so I was listening to this thing y'all did. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I slept since then. You got to remind me. You're, uh, talk to John. He edits it. Yeah, like, have you ever had a sample of this? Like, uh, maybe. 
Maybe go back and listen to the archives. I don't remember. Odds are it's not good, but if it was a certain hour of the night, then all bets are off. Y'all don't realize I'm very lucky to get Zeke when I get Zeke for the time I get Zeke. So, you know, we really kind of just keep it to that. But it's getting better. It is. It is. He's come a long way in a year of doing this, ladies and gentlemen. So, just, Oh, I just since the second baby was born. Oh, I'm just saying in the past year. But one thing I do want to make sure that we touch before we get into this. This week has been kind of crazy in bourbon. Everybody has been talking about bourbon 30 and everything that's going on there. All I will say, and, and I will let Zeke say his piece... We are not necessarily a show of hard-hitting journalists. We we like to talk about whiskey and review whiskey and interview people about whiskey. I know that there, you know, the stuff there might have, it involves whiskey, but we're more of a review show. Uh, we would love to sit down and talk to anyone or review anything I just don't think it's in our wheelhouse. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, it means a lot to us that a lot of you came out and said that the dads wouldn't be afraid to speak their mind. And Zeke and I, you know, absolutely always try to be honest and, and sincere in everything that we say. We know that you might not always like our opinion, but we're really just here to give our opinion, but also frame our tasting notes in a way that even if you think we're full of shit, you might figure out if you like the bourbon or whiskey or not. When it comes to bourbon 30, I, I don't even want to talk about all the other stuff because it, it's just not in our wheelhouse, right? It, it's not something that we would normally gravitate towards. However, what I would say is that I've had the bourbon 30 releases, at least the, the Baldies and the Monk, and to me... I really think that they, you know, for the price that they are, I would much rather have more Four Roses or Russell's Reserve picks. Everybody is free to do whatever they want. So if you want to spend your money on that and that's something you really want, go ahead. I just think the taste to me was average. And I there there's plenty of other things I would rather spend my money on more. So nobody can come out and say that it's fear of missing out and that I'm just jealous that I don't have a bottle. We have had access to them. We have had them. And I'm, I, I'm just, I wasn't disappointed. I just wasn't, you know, over the moon, right? I can see that. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you have to say after all that? You caught me mid-drink. Um, so I think to me some of the bigger thoughts or I guess issues I had here and I wish we had a little button that had uh, random sounds and uh, we could tee up uh, whatever as the world starts turning uh, daytime soap op theme music is. <laughs> Days of our lives. Yeah, whatever it's called. Clearly John watched more than me, which I'm okay with. Some things I saw were allegations on you know sanitary conditions, how the blends were done, what was put in the barrels. And I understand that, and I would agree that's a strong concern to have. Have John and I been there? No. Will we ever really know? I'm going to say no to that as well. And and so in that space, I don't think it's appropriate for either one of us to really speak towards it other than the fact that if it is happening, we wouldn't agree with it and don't think that's right. 
it should at least be portrayed that way on the label as it is in the bottle so that people know what they're buying. That's just plain consumerism. What it has, you know, irked me to some degree is what seems to be the seemingly amount of people upset over a bottle being overhyped, overpriced, um, possibly folks involved in price fixing. I think anybody that's on a secondary board, you'd be hard pressed to scroll through any day of post, any four hours worth of post, and each and every one of you, and us included, is going to see some bottle priced at more than double what we would ever laughably think about paying for it. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've messaged some friends about it and posted in a couple of places, but it almost seems like some kind of weird, uh, you know, honor among thieves of, well, we don't all agree with the pricing on this one. So we're going to cast it out as, as the black sheep, but there's plenty of stuff on the boards, whether it be, you know, something that's 50 bucks on the shelf and sells for 150 or a BTAC or a Van Winkle that sells for nine fifty or more. I mean, would I pay what probably any of the Pappy line goes for on secondary? No. We've had them. It's just not worth it. And there's countless other things out there. We come down to value and and taste. And you know, so what are our tasting notes and what's the value? And what's the value play? Anybody who's listened to us knows that anything like that on secondary, except for Willet and Zeke, is is <laughs> not a uh, is not a value play for us. As to the sanitary conditions and, and the things that are going on there, you know, I I know uh, the Bourbon Boys podcast came out today, so you know, we're recording this Monday. This will come out Wednesday. I know Chad Huffman sat down with Jeff Mattingly. And he was able to get his side out. I think it's important to listen to everything. It's, you know, there, there's still more that's going to come out. That's just not an area that we want to talk about. But what I will say is if you guys think I, I, I'm sitting next to a guy who hasn't made some hooch in a trash can, you're from Georgia. I know you've made some hooch in a trash can. Oh, no, I mentioned to a few people like, Y'all didn't drink out of a trash can in college, a little hunch punch. I didn't die. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying you should mass produce whiskey out of it, but I'm, I'm saying Zeke's, Zeke's drank a few things that, out of trash cans. To that point, we've never seen a blend. Honestly, we haven't been up there. We 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 just can't comment. We don't know. It, we it, we don't know. It, it's not worth either one of us saying anything's accurate or false in that realm. I will say, inversely, as John mentioned me with Willet, John has purchases I laugh at as well. It usually is ETLC and some other things. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, that as much as we're laughing and poking fun at each other for those purchases, that's what consumerism is. We all work hard for our money. And as long as we enjoy, or you enjoy, or anyone enjoys what they spend it on, then I don't think anyone should give two shits. Sure, I see the side of misrepresentation and, you know, falsely hyping a bottle, but it's everywhere. And granted, we all have different palettes. I don't know if everyone's lying or incohesion or whatever in the world you want to say, but collusion. Hey, I'm not the best with words, but, you know, 
we've always said from day one, if you're going to spend coin on a bottle like that, first and foremost, try to seek out a sample. If nothing else, have a really close network of friends that have tried things you've tried. You seem to align with their palates and agree. And, you know, if they tell you like, yeah, man, I think that's actually worth it, then, you know, it probably is if, if you can afford it and it's in your means. But no one should judge anyone for if they're happy on what they spend their money on. It's like a used car purchase or clothes or, or food or anything in today's society. I mean, it's just absurd to say, well, I wouldn't have bought that. Well, that's fine. Wasn't your damn money. I worked no. for it and I spent it like I wanted to. No, and I, I think when it comes to your Willits or me with Four Roses or, or some of the other things that we'll buy, I mean, you're buying Willet either based off of something you've had a sample of or you are trusting somebody's palate that you know very, very, very well. I think as long as people trust the palates of the people that are talking about it or it doesn't even matter. If that's how they want to spend their money, I don't care. I don't care. I, I hope and I would like the bottles to be represented the way that they should be if they're, you know, if it's not straight bourbon whiskey, then, you know, they should be labeled as such. Right now, we don't know that stuff and can't comment on it. I would just say, I think as a standard rule across the board, don't care what distillery you're at, I want the thing to be labeled correctly. Yeah. And... I want to like what I'm drinking. Then that's it. Then I'll even throw out the the extra maybe curveball of I don't think either one of us loved anything that we've had from Bourbon Thirty, but it was all very unique. And I think that's their business model is striving for very unique blends that people can create. And in the space and at the MSRP that they have, you know, say you in a small private group some buddies, whatever, want to go and do a, a one-time unique blend, that offers you that opportunity. Again, I, I'm not playing devil's advocate per se or, or saying it's a, a great thing to do, just saying that's where I see their business model. And, and I think that's where and, he sees their business model. And again, model. you have to see the whole world of retail and or face value versus secondary and those are two completely different worlds and they should not be confused for the other. I, I think that, you know, like you and I have talked about though, right? We're just two jackasses that went and made a podcast, which as I've found on some of the comments, you know, this weekend, a lot of people just think podcasters are idiots anyway. And this just gives us something to do. But you don't have to listen to our opinion. You, know, you, we kind of think Bourbon Thirty is in the middle, but some people might really like it. I think everything has its place, and you know, if you want to put ice in your drink, put ice in your drink. If you want to put Coke in your drink, put Coke in your drink. If you want Bourbon Thirty and you have the means and the money to go get it, then go get it. But I, I think we want to make sure. You know, and, and we're not throwing any accusations because we just don't know and we can't comment on it. But we would like the bourbon to be represented accordingly if it should be. Our simple stance is whatever the label says should be representative of what's in the bottle. Just plain and simple. Beyond that, if you enjoy what you drink, 
Cheers. We do. So let's drink something. Let's let's take a break here. We we have four peerless that we are going to taste. And the first one is Grandma's Purse from Lincoln Road. The second one is a private pick from Straight Up. The third one is a pick from Jack Rose. And the fourth one is the original small batch that I brought on our first show. So we are going to have these. We're going to come back. You know what, guys? We're not even going to really go into the whole peerless thing, proof and ABV. And we, we all know that it was priced at 120 when it came out. We've seen things recently that it's come down a lot. That's something Zeke might want to touch on. But they're all proofed around 107. Uh, we know that the original uh, small batch was two years. Some of the ones that we have in here are three years, actually, for the picks. So we'll, we'll be comparing this. We'll be talking about it. But we're going to take a little break and have all four of these, and then we'll come back and talk about it. I think the bigger question is whether or not John will be happy about finally getting to drink something or not. <laughs> That's a great question. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. We had four peerless rise while we were, and I actually think saying rise is incorrect. I think we rye is the plural of yeah. Rise, rise is what you do in the morning. Yeah, or get kicked and pushed and something. I'm I'm sorry for the incorrect English. We want to make sure we're all in collaboration, as you would say. Throwing that back at it. <laughs> <laughs> so. So Zeke has just had a, a blend of all four of them. <laughs> and I, I feel yeah, like early Kyler when he hits the uh, party liquor real hard. All right, so let's talk about this real quick. Um, my first one was Grandma's Purse. The, <laughs> these are all coming in around uh, 107 proof. They're all... You know, the picks are all three years. The small batch is two years. Some of the picks aren't three. I looked, and they're close, but they're not. And our apologies. We don't have the bottles here tonight. Um, we have tried to do this show so many times. It's, We've tried to do this show before he went out on paternity leave. Um, we, we finally just broke down and put all of these uh, bottles into, you know, Boston's so that whenever sweet baby Jesus let us get the time to do it, uh, we could, but if anyone wants specific details uh, or even samples, let us know. We've uh, we've got some extra stock sitting around. The first one I had was Grandma's Purse. The second one was Straight Up. The third one was Jack Rose. The fourth one was the Small Batch. So let's start with the Grandma's Purse. Yeah, that works. I mean, we had both these blind. We've obviously revealed what they were following. So we'll do each one. Uh, together yeah we did have these blind as you guys know that's how we like to review everything if possible except for our 10 minute shows where we just kind of have that straight up but the grandma's purse i said it was sweet little to no rye spice more vanilla than anything as it sits out the nose changes to almost a, a musty component uh to it the, the taste for me was pine, it coats your mouth, but not necessarily in a smooth way. It was 
it was kind of dry. And then the, the finish, it was almost like I chewed a pine tree. That's kind of where I, it was just a dry, barky almost, even though, you know, it was like a dry, barky it's, pine. It's, it's unique. What do you get on that one? For grandma, um, I put down that the nose was essentially smelling one honeysuckle in a pile of fresh cut grass. Second pass, I said maybe two to three honeysuckles, but still it's in the midst of a big fresh pile of cut grass. Palette wise, um, it seems salty. Uh, I got it what I thought was a dried malted corn. Uh, obviously kind of playing on what the ingredients are, but it, I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, been around like dried corn or, you know, mashed it, milled it, whatever. Uh, it definitely had that characteristic, but just somewhat of like a, I guess for lack of better words, frosted flake over it, you know, for the malt profile. Uh, and then at the back, uh, just a, a rye singe follows. Finish wise, um, it had more of a, a sin rye uh, you know, type. It would just burn at the back of the tongue, but by no means, uh, you know, like a hug going down. It, everything here was all in the palate. Which one do you want to talk about next? I don't care. All right, let's talk about straight up. You bunt and I'll throw to first. So, so uh, the nose for me was musty, almost like it was a dusty gone bad. It it kind of had that library bookness to it, but it, it just never, never turned over for me. It was a little bit silky on the front with the taste pine but then got a little nutty in there and the finish was dry but it you know like the way I could describe this one is there were potential things in there but never hit the mark and and that's not saying that it had potential it was like oh I kind of see a faint hint of this and I kind of see a faint hit of this and and it's like the the ingredients were there but they never meshed well to make it complete is is really what uh, ultimately I got from that one. For the straight up pick, uh, nose wise, it reminded me of uh, you know grilled sweet corn in the summertime. Uh, you know, nice butter in there, a little bit of salt and pepper, maybe some you know, light seasoning. The first pop of it was really nice. As I got into more of it, it it really seemed to have plenty of young grass, which seems to be somewhat of a theme, like you know, a, a nice subtle nose or whiff of these. And it really gives off some really good characteristics. But upon that, you know, second, third examination, maybe the nose a little bit further than the glass, it really moves a different direction. Palette-wise, um, I had flat barley, uh, young corn, and heat. Um, and that even led into just a, a bitter char, which... I'm pretty sure that one's not even three years, but even if it is, that's really young juice to have that much of a char characteristic from the barrel. I mean, if you say eight years is the standard age for most good juice, I'm not saying we do, I'm just saying that that would be a random industry thing. I think you're maybe at three. You're, you're Something's not right there. Um, 
by the flat barley and young corn and heat. Again, kind of like what I got with the uh, grandma. It just really seems to me, from what I, I would imagine, of um, someplace that's milling oats and grains and everything, and they're working with dry and they're processing it and they're crushing it almost like if you ever seen anybody, uh, like the old uh, you know, Indian way of working cornmeal by hand, you know, in the tree stump looking thing. That, that's where I get a lot of these uh, you know, smells and notes from. Okay, fair enough, Zeke. Let's go into Jack Rose. That is the third one I had. I, I kind of said overall on this one, it was so close yet so far. I got a lot of Christmas tree pine on the nose. So it was nutty. I, I, I liked it, but there was still a fair amount of pine. I had a recurring theme with these that just lots of nuts and pine. I didn't even really get like rye spice, but this all tasted more Christmas me to me than, than some of uh, the other ones we've had. And even when I had it last year, you know, I have had nips of the bottle as we've gone through over the past year but i, I just pine and nuts were a, a big theme <laughs> for me and and again dry on the finish what about you nose wise i put piney alcohol barley uh, at times there were undertones of, of a corn a candy um, a butterscotch ish type blend yeah, just obviously with corn and candy and other things in the barley. But my note was, but at the end of the day, the pine, alcohol, and barley went out. Just as far as, you know, a, a trumping heavier notes. That's just kind of where I, I seem to be. And, you know, at times some of these, I guess for the flavors that I pick up, especially with that piney sense and a, a strong sense of alcohol, it's almost like some gin hybrid to me. I don't know. Yeah, there are kind of gin notes and I mean, characteristics. It's not to like it. barrel aged gin, I don't think. But no, but the aromatics and the florals are kind of in there. Just you know, to me, I would consider a, a strong alcohol presence plus the piney, kind of salty and, and drying of it. I mean, if this doesn't dry you out, I, I don't know what will. I mean, some of these, especially fresh cracked, when I took a sip, my mouth puckered so hard, my cheeks touched. I'm pretty damn sure. Yeah, John's got a tear in his eye. I just, I just had the blend of all four. <laughs> I told you. That's why I just poured beer in mine. I, I don't know why I did it. I don't. How was it with the beer? It's better. <laughs> Let me try some of it with it. At least add some water component. This is a Lagunitas uh, little something something ale. It helps. It subdues. Clearly, we're not afraid to mix some things around here, <laughs> or I'm not at least. No, you gotta you gotta do what you can. But this small batch, last but not least, I <laughs> the nose. I said it was a pine tree air freshener. The taste, though, I, I, the thing about this one, it was lighter than the other ones i would say and and i'm keeping my notes kind of simple knowing that you know we're, we're trying to hit a lot in a short amount of time but uh it was lighter piney nutty i i did get a little bit of the barley notes that, that 
you, you mentioned before on other ones, but finish was dry, but it really hit the roof of my mouth. This one, it didn't go down, didn't get a hug, didn't get a hug with any of these, but this one I could really feel it uh, and the finish in the roof of my mouth. Hmm. I was going to ask if you got a hug with any because I really didn't. I didn't. For Even though I think it's a, you know, a low rye, rye, there's no hug. The burn's all just back palate for all of these. Yeah. My notes in the small batch, nose-wise, I, I thought it really had a, reminded me of a bit of honey, little uh, you know, chewy things, but the bitters were there, and again, just like so many of these, as you nosed it more, uh, this one had you know that fresh grass trails. It, it wasn't by any means as heavy as the rest, but still a very similar theme. Palette-wise, I thought it was malt forward, uh, had a dried corn behind it, and then, you know, just a tad of warmth. It wasn't overwhelming or off-putting, but it, it definitely, the rye finally showed up simply as warmth. Uh, finish, just a lingering singe in the back of the tongue, and that was there for all of these, which I thought was really unique simply in that and John's probably more of a big Kentucky hug person than I am, uh, quote unquote. But none of these rise to me went down past the back of the tongue. Um, nope. Somehow that rye heat plus whatever char they're just pulling in so heavily to me leads to just a, a hot, salty, briny, dry mess that you, you just pucker up. I mean, you look like a fish. And it's not on the front end, it's on the back. You really don't see it coming, you know. The the nose and the palate, you know, have their moments. And you think, okay, uh, I'll see where this goes. But then when you get to the finish, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a weird mouthfeel in of how it just really pulls your cheeks together at times. Everything out of this kind of feels like something's off, you know, like something's off a little bit. And I'll be the first to say, I, I know this isn't really a ranking episode, but the, the funny thing is, is my favorite was the small batch. No, I, I would totally agree. And I wouldn't use the word favorite. I would just say the least off pudding. And, and I am always prepared to eat crow when we're wrong. But you know, we also were saying good things about this last year. Uh, we were saying, you know, not necessarily that 120 was the right price point, but you know, just that they're doing innovative things over there. Uh, they're using the sweet mash instead of the sour mash, and you know, all the things that are going on. I mean, I, I think you can kind of tell that we are man enough to admit when we're wrong. And I think this is a fitting episode talking about our year anniversary because guess what? We were wrong. And I think what's even funnier about it is, you know, some of these picks, you know, the Jack Rose we had back then, your small batch we had back then, but the straight up and, you know, the Lincoln Road pick, those are recent. And like I say, I, I, I'm not sure if either one or three years or not, um, but obviously they've been sitting there longer and they're a single barrel pick from some really good trusted tasters. And we're not knocking them by any means, but 
you, you know, you got Jamie there at Lincoln Road, the folks that straight up to do their picks. They do a lot of good picks. I mean, it's a, a private group, and I trust, and and none of their private picks don't sell out. I trust their palettes is not even a, a sales thing. I mean, I trust Jamie Ferris. Um, I, I trust you know the guys over at Straight Up. I I think the funnier thing out of all of this is if you go back to the second episode we did that you don't remember. Um, I the the funny things I remember from that is I ranked Handy last, and then I ranked. Um, the, the whistle pig MGP pick won, and that was kind of the consensus. We did have Davidson Rye in there from Pennington Distillery that, that did fairly well. I think Peerless came in second or third for me because we also had Barrel Rye in there. It was a pretty big blind. If I were to do that blind again and and you know, we were kind of talking about these four picks to see if there were, see if there was anything, right? Zeke had a, yeah. a hypothesis here and pulling back the curtain, guys. A lot of times one of us goes to each other and says, you know what? I think something, I think this is a, a good idea for us to do a blind this way. And we were trying to see if there was a pick out there that we really liked. And it turns out there's not. It turns out the, the small batch and it could just be because we're having them all together. So you would have to have the context of putting them with other things again. You know, I can't think it's going to fare well. Our palettes might have changed. I'm not on the hype train anymore. I was wrong. And it, it, it's by no means a, a $120 bottle. Like I said earlier, if anybody wants a sample to uh, c- confirm what we think, I'll be more than happy to send some out. God knows I don't know what the hell else I'm going to do with it. I will say a couple other tidbits I'd written down as we were getting through this. One was that um, I have heard there's a really good pick that made it to Atlanta. One of our good friends, Bob Little, is going to send us some. We will try it. We will give a fair review. If it's good, we'll say so. But what I thought was really unique was that, and I assume this was peerless generated, was that as part of the pick, instead of just having 750 mLs, they had a whole bunch of 200 ml bottles. Granted, same price point per ounce, but I have seen you know multiple comments from people of suddenly saying that, oh, well this isn't that bad of a price for a bottle. Yet they'd said for a 750, there's no way in hell they'd buy it. I mean, come on, folks. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a calculator on it. Do the math. You math know. is hard. I mean, I mean, this much for a 200 ml, I mean, it's not so bad as buying the whole bottle. You still bought a bottle of it at the same price per ounce. But maybe you just want a little bit of taste. It. You know, it's like your way of barring it. Oh, no, I get it. I guess to me, especially, which we're here in Tennessee with you know, different laws in other states, but... I feel like to me, if anybody's going to stand behind their juice, they give the store a taster. That either sells their bottles or it doesn't. You don't put it in a smaller bottle. So that's, you might think, oh, no, man, I didn't pay 120 something dollars for that 750 I only paid 37 for the 200 ml. I got a deal. I mean, come on now. 
my other thought here was, granted, I think one or two of those picks might be a three-year. I'm not sure. Either way, kind of looking at it, uh, the progression, you know, of will it rye? You know, got their own young juice. You know, two-year, not many people thought it was much. Three-year, there were some pretty good small batches that came out. Some were too hot, some weren't. Uh, but the four-year this time, I mean, it's been pretty stellar. And laughably for, you know, what most things will it sell for, they've always been 45 bucks. Gift shop are now in stores. 45 bucks, maybe 50 if somebody's nickel and diming you a little bit. Not 125 I mean, will Peerless's juice progress from two to four years like Willits has? I, I don't know, obviously, but they're going to have to rethink their price structure if they're going to compete in that game. Willits got young rye that's great. New Riff has young rye that is great. And if it's great at where it is now, it ain't going to get nothing but better. Exactly. I will be waiting with you to taste or review it again. I can't wait to try it. I, I will say, see guys, this is why we don't talk about shit besides whiskey, because I feel like this show has been a little flat. I feel like the way that we had to come out and talk about that that bourbon 30 stuff, I feel like we weren't as animated and funny as we normally are. And I'm just talking about Zeke because I'm not funny. But the I think this kind of proves like this is why you don't want us talking about other stuff. This is why we should just give each other shit over and over and just make jokes and talk about whiskey. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a necessary evil to talk about. It's relevant in the bourbon world and... I know, but we... I apologize because I feel like we took that serious tone... Throughout the whole rest of the episode. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I think I, I, think I got enough expletives in here for you to have to mark this one. The second one ever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Join our Dad's Drinking Bourbon Facebook group as well. Answer some questions. Come in. There's a bunch of people in there. It's a fun group. Uh, we are in there. We'd love to talk to you more in there and interact with you during the week. Go ahead and find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. Those things actually help us because it helps people. The more reviews we get, the easier it is to find us and the easier it is for other people that might not have found us before to stumble upon us. So please leave us a review. If you don't like us, tell us why. We'd love to be better. Um, Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Well, they can find us usually in Nashville, but if they want to find some samples of Peerless, uh, three of these four bottles we had here tonight, I have. Um, if anyone wants to try them and contest our theories or find out for themselves, I will gladly trade them samples. I really like Jaeger. I like Goldschlager. Uh, there was something else I was thinking of I would even trade for here. Uh, <laughs> if you want to try these, let me know. Thanks. Cheers. Ciao. Aloha.